Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Entertainment Rebooted. My name is Isabel, and today we are going to be talking about the Golden Globes, critic reviews versus audience reviews. But first, before all that, let's talk about the new movie, Megan. Megan is about a genius roboticist who becomes the sole guardian of her niece and allows her to use an unfinished robot she created that befriends children and works alongside parents. Then everything goes wrong. This horror sci-fi comedy clocks in at 1 hour and 42 minutes and is rated PG-13. I think that rating is perfect for the film. It has several well-shot, spooky, and gory scenes, but nothing very intense. The dialogue was a little stupid at times, but I think that was intended to add to the comedic aspect of this film. It was very difficult for me personally to tell when actors were intending to be over the top for comedic effect or if actors were just acting, but I wish there were more over the top ridiculous moments to kind of pair with the creepy moments this film already had. But overall, my biggest problem with the film was the pacing. Some scenes dragged a lot while others felt like there was way, way too much going on. But I think overall, this movie is fine. It's not a cinematic masterpiece by any means, but I think young teenagers and some adults could find this movie to be creepy, funny, and worth a watch. Now let's switch it over to Logan Buchanan and Logan Congrove to talk about the Golden Globes. What is going on, guys? This is Entertainment Rebooted. I am your host, Logan Congrove, jumping over from the sports department today to talk a little bit about the Golden Globes here for you all. And joining me is my good friend, Logan Squared, Logan Buchanan. How are you doing today, Logan? I'm doing wonderful. It's, it's nice to share a podcast with you. We do it very rarely. Very rarely. Logan and I both have a lot to talk about here on our little segment on Entertainment Rebooted. And like I mentioned, it's about the Golden Globes. What we're going to do here for you guys is we're going to go through the biggest four categories that there are at the Golden Globes, which is Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Picture as a Comedy, and a Best Picture as a Drama. Four of the main categories of the night, and we're going to make it into a little bit of a game. Yeah, tell them, tell them the interesting part, Logan. The interesting part is I'm going to read the nominees for the category to Mr. Buchanan on the other side of the board. He's going to guess... And if he's right or wrong, I will let him know. Yeah, so I, let's get right it. into it, Logan. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I'm coming into this blind, just going off of intuition alone. Blind, okay. Yeah. All right, Logan. Our first category is Best Actor of a Motion Picture Drama. Okay. And the nominees are Brendan Fraser, oh. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Bill Nye, Jeremy Pope, and Austin Butler. Mm, okay. Okay. That's, that's difficult. Especially because Brendan Fraser's movie just dropped, so it's very recent in people's minds. Austin Butler's Elvis was pretty huge. I mean, I don't know. Can you can you run through the nominations just one more time? Absolutely. We got Jeremy Pope, mm-hmm. Bill Nye, mm. Hugh Jackman, Brendan Fraser, and Austin Butler. You know, my heart's saying Brendan Fraser, but I'm gonna go with Bill. I'm gonna go with Bill. Oh. Is incorrect. Dang. I'll give you one more okay. guess. Oh, man. Austin Butler was popular. Was it Austin Butler? Got Let's it. go. The answer is Austin Butler from the Elvis movie, a well-revered movie in the film community. I loved this movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw it or not. I thought it was a perfect representation, and Austin talks about how it was such an honor for him to be Elvis in this movie, and he got a lot of good recognition for it. What are your thoughts on the Elvis movie? I mean, I only saw it, I think, once. 
but I know in the time it was one of my favorite adaptations from a band. I mean, you had Bohemian Rhapsody, which was pretty good. Wasn't huge on some of the other ones. I did really like Weirdo um, by the Al um, Weird Al Yankovic yeah. one, but I don't think that one was even talked about really at the Golden Globes, which kind of sucks. But yeah, no, I mean Austin Butler definitely deserves it. He really encapsulated Elvis and everything that I saw. Absolutely, 100% agree with you there. Moving into our next category, sticking with people, we got Best Actress in a Motion Picture, also still in a drama. Here are the nominees. Kate Blanket, mm. Olivia Coleman, mm-hmm. Viola Davis, Ooh. Anna DeArmas, and Michelle Williams. Ooh, this one's hard. I'm going to go with who I want to win and go with Viola. Incorrect. Was it Williams? Logan. Mm. Two. Do you no. want to guess again, or do you want the answer? Just, just give it to me. It just. is Kate Blanchett yeah. from Tar. Yeah. Logan, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I should have seen it coming. I would have liked Viola to have won, but I mean, I can't argue with them. I think a lot of actresses, not even mentioned, were really, really good this year. Really, really good this year. Agreed. All right, Logan. Our next category, moving into the movies, the big ones, what everybody likes Ooh. to talk about. All right. First up, we have Best Picture as a Musical or Comedy. Okay. The nominees are Triangle of Sadness, mm. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, which is a newer movie, is which is getting one. great reviews right now. One. Everything Everywhere All at Once, which also received very revering reviews. Yeah. Babylon and Banshees of Sherison. Okay. So... I would pick, personally, this is my answer, but I would go Knives Out. Not the yeah, answer. I I knew it wouldn't be. It should have been, but I do think it was everything, everywhere, all at once. You would think that would be the answer really? because everything, everywhere, all at once won multiple other awards throughout oh, the night. Man. If you're interested in the rest of the awards, go ahead and check out the Golden Globes website. They are all on there. And everything, everywhere, all at once won multiple awards. But not that one. No. Wow. The Which answer to this question, Logan, is the Banshees of Sharon. Man, I didn't. I know nothing about this that This one movie. blew my mind because I did not see this movie. Mm-hmm. And even though Glass Onion Knives Out was a little bit newer, and I understand that that's probably why it didn't win, mm-hmm. there's still other options to me that are just better. And I don't know. I can't really have a major opinion on it because I didn't watch the Banshees of Sharon, But... Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Babylon, Glass Onion, even Triangle of Sadness, all of them to me have a little bit more credibility credibility in the public eye than Mm -hmm. the Banshees of Insharing. Interesting. I might have to, like, go out of my way to look that one up then. I mean, hats off to them. It's always great to win an award. I just think it's a little bit questionable there. (laughs) And our final category here on on this segment with the two guys who know the most about the entertainment industry, if I do say so myself, Best Picture as a drama. Now, this is the big category. There are three major movies yeah. in this category. So I'm going to go through them. Okay. Tar. Okay. Top Gun Maverick. Elvis. Ooh. Avatar, The Way of the Water. Okay. And The Fablemans. Okay. And mind you, The Fablemans was directed by Steven Spielberg, who won some other awards that night. Yeah, all right. Logan, this is a big Instantly, one. Instantly, I'm going to take away Tar. Not even not even a yep, question. You got it. Not even a question. Personally, getting rid of Avatar didn't like, didn't care, didn't really care for it. I think it's too new. 
Okay. So that leaves me with a Steven Spielberg movie, which is huge, and two of the biggest movies of the year, Elvis and Top Gun. Now, the question is which do I decide upon? And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with what was the most popular this year, the most I'm pretty sure ticketed. We're gonna go with Top Gun. Incorrect. Oh, don't tell me it was Elvis. You got one more guess. I don't. That... I don't want it to be Elvis. I want it to be fabled. So, what's your guess? We're, we're gonna go with the Steven Spielberg. Let's go. You got it. It is the Fablemans, directed by the great Steven Spielberg. In my opinion, all of these movies could have won oh. except Tar. Yeah. To me, that one didn't make sense. But I think Avatar will in the future win some awards. It's just still very new to the theaters. Elvis was fantastic, as we talked about before. And Top Gun Maverick might be one of my favorite movies of all time. And even people that didn't watch the first movie say that that movie was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the great Steven Spielberg never misses with any of his movies. The Fablemans wins Best Picture as a Drama. Logan, what are your thoughts on The Fablemans and maybe some of the other nominees? I mean, you know, I, I even said it. We both said it. Tar, in comparison to the other movies... Didn't stand a chance. Correct. Not, not whatsoever. I agree. Personally, didn't really like Avatar. And Fablesman, like, it it was a good movie, but it wasn't one that stayed in my head as much as, like, Top Gun and Elvis did. So I kind of pushed it to the side. But, I mean, I can't bet against Steven Spielberg. He's a 10 out of 10 director, 10 out of 10 screenwriter. You know, everything he touches, like, turns to gold, essentially. But, hey, Logan. You know I had to go out on a win. I'm a clutch player. They, Absolutely. I'm a clutch player. I had to go out on a win. Indeed you are. <laughs> Guys, that's going to do it for our Golden Globe segment. Logan, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I'm just really excited to see some more award shows down the line and see if any of these either retain their same status as the best or if maybe some outrise the others. Like you said, Avatar Way of Water may like overtake Best Picture come a few months. Absolutely. Guys, this has been our Golden Globes segment. Once again, Logan Buchanan joining me. My name is Logan Congrove, and stick with us right here on Entertainment Rebooted. Well, thank you, Logan, for having me. We're actually going to be switching it up to a different segment today. I'm sitting down with the lovely Isabel. Isabel, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well, Logan, now that you called me lovely. But, yeah. yeah, I always, I always like well. to compliment my guests whenever I host anything. You know, I like to insult my guests yeah. when I host <laughs> things, so we have a different uh it, different I think everyone needs, needs insulting and loving. Yeah, so yeah. So it, it evens out. But... Today, guys, we're going to be talking about Bullet Train and kind of segueing into something that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while, so a little tease for you there. But to get started with Bullet Train, I really, really enjoyed it. It just recently dropped on Netflix after being in theaters for a short time. I wasn't able to see it in theaters, but man, do I wish I was able to because I was absolutely in love with the film, the actors, the jokes. I think everything hit for me. Isabel, I know we have a little bit different opinions, so See, give your take. This is why we both had to be on this episode for this review, because I tend to be a little more critical. I think you tend to be a little more positive. So together, we have a nice, balanced <laughs> review. So personally, I thought the movie was okay. Mm -hmm. I thought it had a lot going on, which was entertaining at first. But as it went on, I just kind of got like tired. It was overwhelming. It was too much going on. Mm -hmm. I I like that it had an... like an unconventional story mm -hmm. 
it wasn't the normal story beats you might see, but I think that made it a little less satisfying at times. And sometimes there was so much action that it felt like my brain didn't have time to relax. Like, I wish there were more of like, like rising action as opposed to just action, 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 action. Gotcha. And see, that's that's strange because like for me, I was usually like with with especially if I stream a movie after not mm-hmm. seeing it in theaters, I'm sitting there scrolling on my phone playing with my dog, not actually paying attention. But right. this movie had me locked in every single second. I loved Brad Pitt's character especially. I think Brad Pitt over the last couple of years with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and with this movie has really made me a fan of his. Um, obviously, he has an amazing career with the Ocean movies and with Seven. But who's your? what was your favorite part of the movie, I guess? Without any spoilers. Well, you, you, you can't bring up Brad Pitt and then ask me a different question. Oh, I yes, have that's to true. Say, Get on Brad Pitt. I have to say, I really like Brad Pitt. Seven and Fight Club just really turned me to him. Mm-hmm. Great actor. And this movie, I, I think his performance was funny. Uh, I thought it was good. But I think for how silly and fantastical this movie was, you know, it would try not to take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I think they could have they should have taken his character even more to the extreme. Like, they show him at one point sitting on a couch, like, breathing into a, a bag, yeah. trying not to hyperventilate. I want to see more of that. Yeah. I want to see more panicked Brad Pitt. But I feel like I didn't see enough of that. Gotcha. But um, my favorite part of the movie, I got to say, I really liked Lemon. And oh. I really like, so the character Lemon obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine. Yes. That was great. That's oh, just really funny. I, I loved it. And yeah. then later on, when they had those little mini callbacks to it, I thought was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. It was it was interesting, because when they first brought up, when he was first talking about Thomas with um, Logan Lerman's character, because, yeah, Logan Lerman's character and uh, Aaron Taylor John- Aaron Taylor Johnson? That sounds right. Okay. Aaron Taylor, uh, who played Tangerine, I thought it was just a passing joke. And then they brought it up again, and I was like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, oh, this is actually a part of the movie. This is great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, that's this is a little annoying. The first time they brought it up, just because I thought it was going to be something they brought up once for a stupid joke. Yeah. But once they continued to bring it up, I was on board. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good tie-in. I think my favorite part of Bullet Train, besides the characters and the jokes, were they didn't just – everything – came back around Mm -hmm. like there was at one point when brad pitt stole something from a passenger and then at the very beginning of the movie but then at the very end of the movie he finally pulls it out of a couch and you're like (laughs) oh yeah that's still there (laughs) where i feel like other movies would just like forget about it and pass it away yeah and so i think the details in bullet train is what drew me the most i i get I think the details in the movie were great. I think the characters were great, but I feel like the characters didn't have a lot of time to develop, mm. which is kind of the point of the movie. It's like fast paced. Yeah. It is I, a bullet train. Uh, yeah, see? yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get that, but I wish I would have had more times for the more time for the characters to develop because it really was a character driven movie. Yeah. And yeah, that's just that's just how I felt about it. No, I mean I respect your opinion. Obviously, we have very different movie likes and what we like in a movie yeah but i feel like we both enjoyed bullet train yeah i would say it was an enjoyable experience the cinematography and editing Mm. was good Mm. Uh, the tone was good it was just a lot i think different people are going to see it in different ways i think 
the younger male audience <laughs> is going to love this movie. That's just how it is. Yeah, it's every younger male I've talked to about it loves it. So I was hey, trying to describe it to someone, and I said it's just a dumb movie. Like if you just like if you just want to sit down and have a good time and not really need to like because some movies you know how you have to like fully pay attention you have to fully like embrace yourself and you have to research after the movie just to figure stuff out yeah this movie's just a dumb little movie it's a good time it's what i think cinema should be just good times sure good sure times. yeah so i mentioned earlier that we're going to be talking about something else in relation to bullet train now after a movie or sometimes during a movie i always look at imdb and rotten tomatoes just to kind of see Am I in the minority with what I like? Am I in the majority of what I like? Sure. And for Rotten Tomatoes, the audience rated it a 76. Yes. The critics, however, rated it a 54, making it a rotten movie. Now, on IMDb, this movie also got a 7.3 out of 10, Mm -hmm. which is very close to the audience score, a 76%. So, yeah, I thought that was definitely odd how different the audience and the critics saw this movie. Yeah. But I think it's it's got to be because the movie is somewhat unconventional. Well, and I thought the same thing, but I've noticed a trend that there's such a big split between audience and critic. Mm-hmm. So I started looking up like some more famous ones. Uh, Venom is a big one. I know that's also a very polarizing movie within audiences in the first place. Right. But tell me. Isabel, do you like National Treasure, the movie? I've never seen it. Oh, that's a shame. It's a great movie. Nicolas Cage, and he steals the Declaration of Independence. Right. So, audience for that movie, once again, a 76. Critics rated it a 46. That is a huge split. That is that is a 30 percentile split. Yeah. And it's not just that critics are rating movies really bad and audiences are liking it. Captain Marvel... Critics rated it a 79%, whereas audiences rated it a 45 So there's definitely a large gap between the critics and the people. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't know if it's just, like, critics are out of touch with the audiences, or what What do you think is... No, I have an answer for this Ooh. question. I think I know what the gap is. Okay. And it's something that I've had to come to terms with as someone who reviews movies frequently. There's a big difference between a good movie Mm -hmm. and an enjoyable movie. Mm. There are lots of movies that I enjoy Mm -hmm. that I know aren't really that good. Maybe the cinematography's not great, the acting's not great, but that's not going to stop me from enjoying the film. So I think when your average person just goes to the movies, they see a film, they're not thinking, was this film good? They're thinking, did I enjoy this film? Gotcha. And that's how they're reviewing the movie. Critics are going to criticize. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's in their name. That's what they're going to do. So maybe they did enjoy the film, like they got something out of it. They laughed at it with their friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they have to go home and be like, okay, well, the lighting was bad. The story was bad. Mm-hmm. It had some funny parts. It had this. It had that. But it wasn't a great movie. It wasn't a piece of cinematography that I'm going to hold up like throughout the ages. So For I have sure. to give it a you know, a 64%, mm-hmm. as opposed to the audience being like, it was funny, 90%. <laughs> so I think, to me, that's the difference. Interesting. Well, I mean, thinking about Bullet Train, we even said cinematography was great, the jokes were great. So why that big of a difference? Now, in my opinion, I think it's got to be the unconventional story. Like mm. I said, um, these critics are probably very used to the Hollywood, like, 
you know, the, the three hero's acts. Journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're you're used to the same story packaged to you a little differently and they didn't get that or mm. I'm not this story isn't even that unconventional. No. It's I'm, just a little different. Yeah. And I think they were like, mm, no. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's just how it went. Yeah, I mean it's crazy to me when I think about movies because i'll and i i mean i noticed it but i really started noticing when we started fully analyzing for this podcast movies and media in general there's just such a big split even in like award ceremonies there's a split between the critical higher ups in hollywood Mm -hmm. and the people actually watching and paying and putting their hearts and souls into the movies Right. And I just, I don't understand why there's such a big difference. And I mean, it's once in a blue moon that an audience score and a critic score are exactly the same. Yeah, it so. is difficult to come by. But there's also going to be kind of some politics involved. I mean, among, I don't mean to be that person, yeah. but among Hollywood elites, you know. No, I mean, for sure. People can be paid, people, you know, they're back backdoor dealings, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. And the other thing is, that's also somewhat true with audience reviews you mentioned captain marvel Mm -hmm. and a lot of marvel or comic book fans were not excited to hear you know captain marvel getting her own movie and it being about like having a feminist yeah an outward feminist message that's you know i hate it because it's that small group with loud voices exactly because a lot of i think a lot of fans actually were excited going into it i will say it definitely got overhated. I do not think Captain Marvel is a terrible film. I don't even think I would give it a 45%. I would give it in the 60 range. I mean, some of the jokes didn't hit and I think the story wasn't fantastic. Right. But here's I think it was an average Marvel movie, yes. but it had an outward feminist mm. view and therefore a lot of the male or mm-hmm. even female mm-hmm. comic book fans and Marvel fans were like, <laughs> "No." yeah no chance yeah i mean it's it's definitely i mean we we've we've brought it up i don't know if we brought it up on podcast before but the minority group with the majority voice right and that's it it just it absolutely sucks in hollywood because you have these like an amazing movie like i'll say national treasure i think it's a great it's a great movie it's a disney child movie so it's not supposed to be the next Schindler's List or <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. It's supposed to be lighthearted, fun, entertainment. And I think critics are a little bit too critical sometimes mm-hmm. instead of saying, yeah, that was that was a good movie. It, it did I what enjoyed it was it. supposed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're like, you know what? That camera cut in the second hour in third minute i know 30 <laughs> percent <laughs> like that's what i yeah. feel like some of them do especially reading the actual have you ever read the actual reviews in rotten tomatoes i have a couple times no. i don't usually like to do that because no. <laughs> it just brings you down yeah it just brings you down i think here's the thing if you are a person just if you don't think about movies that much, mm-hmm. you're just going to see a movie for fun, like you're saying, then you should go out of your way to look at audience scores yes. as opposed to critic scores. Someone like me, where I, I critique a lot of movies, when I watch a movie, I can't help but think about, you know, the lighting was not the best there. Mm-hmm. I have to look at critics, I have to look at critic scores yeah. because I'm gonna be more critical. That's just the kind of person that I am. Yeah, it's really hard for me being a media 
major yeah. because I know all the behind the scenes <laughs> and I'm like, man, if he would have just done like a truck there instead of a instead of a dolly, but then I'm like, wait, Logan, just just enjoy the movie. Yeah. Just, just, just like what you're watching it's, and enjoy the story. It's hard to turn off your brain <laughs> like is, that sometimes. Yeah. But whether you, we want to know though, do you look at audience scores or do you look at critic scores? Which do you base your movie going experience on? Because I know a lot of people look at Rotten Tomatoes before they even go see a movie. Mm-hmm. So, but tweet at us, Instagram us, do all that fun stuff. And of course, keep watching Entertainment Rebooted. Thank you for listening to this edition of Entertainment Rebooted. We are on the radio every Sunday at 1 on 88.1. And you can check out our podcast at Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Player FM, The Podcast Index, Podchaser, and Listen Notes under the name Entertainment Rebooted. Thanks for listening.